Thank you, Greg. Jim, Luke chapter 24. Luke chapter 24. This may have been quite predictable. I, I can't really preach a series on road trips without including this one. Now, this is a familiar passage, and of course, most of the time it's on a Sunday evening when we look at this passage because we typically will cover this passage on the evening after Sunday morning, simply because that's when these events took place. Uh, it's a familiar passage. We find ourselves on a familiar road as we read this passage of Scripture. Now, to my knowledge, none of us have ever actually walked on the Emmaus Road between Jerusalem and Emmaus. But in our personal lives, we've all been where these disciples walked. Uh, as we look at some of their, the things they were going through and some of the events that happened. And so we want to take one more look at a road trip in Luke chapter 24, verse 13. Would you stand as the scriptures read, please? Luke chapter 24, verse 13. Now behold, two of them were traveling that same day to a village called Emmaus, which was seven miles from Jerusalem. And they talked together of all these things which had happened. So it was while they conversed and reasoned that Jesus himself drew near and went with them. But their eyes were restrained, so they did not know him. And he said to them, what kind of conversation is this that you have with one another as you walk and are sad? Then one whose name was Cleopas answered and said to him, are you the only stranger in Jerusalem and have not known the things which happened there in these days? And he said to them, what things? So they said to him, the things concerning Jesus of Nazareth, who was a prophet mighty in deed and word before God and all the people, how the chief priest and our rulers delivered him to be condemned to death and crucified him. But we were hoping that it was he who was going to redeem Israel. Indeed, besides all this, today is the third day since these things happened. Yes, and certain women of our company who arrived at the tomb early astonished us when they did not find his body. And they came saying they had also seen a vision of angels who said he was alive. And certain of those who were with us went to the tomb and found it just as the women had said. But him they did not see. And he said to them, O foolish ones and slow of heart to believe in all the prophets have spoken, Ought not the Christ to have suffered these things and enter into his glory? And beginning in Moses and all the prophets, he expounded to them in all the scriptures the things concerning himself. Then they drew near to the village where they were going, and he indicated he would have gone further. But they constrained him, saying, Abide with us, for it is toward evening, and the day is far spent. And he went in to stay with them. Now it came to pass, as he sat at the table with him, he took bread and blessed and broke it and gave to them. Then their eyes were opened, and they knew him, and he vanished from their sight. So they said one to another, Did not our hearts burn within us while he, opened, while he talked with us on the road and while he opened the scriptures to us? So they rose up that very hour and returned to Jerusalem. And found the eleven, and those who were with him gathered together, saying, The Lord has risen indeed, and has appeared to Simon. And they told about the things which had happened on the road, and how he was known to them in the breaking of bread. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you that we find ourselves. And we ask that as we look at these passages, you would remind us of these things through the week, things we've heard through the day, the things that you've taught us, 
Father, we ask that we'd always look to you for our answers. Keep us on the right path, straight ahead as a church, as families, as individuals. Father, we ask for your direction. We ask for the wisdom to follow it. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. You may be seated. I would say of all the studies that we've looked at so far, this one's the, the road trips that we've studied so far. This is probably the most familiar with us. Uh, you know, the wise men came from Babylon. And they had a long road trip ahead of them, and they traveled for weeks and weeks, and that's, that's not familiar to us. And, of course, we know that Philip was scattered. He was driven out of uh, Jerusalem by persecution and had to run for his life. That's, that's not really familiar to us. Of course, then we have Joseph, his uh, trip. Uh, it, it encountered like decades, and though all of us, of course, have, have had things we can't understand and things that turned out that looked really bad, we can't really identify with that, but this one, this one's familiar in a lot of ways. First of all, they're going from Jerusalem to Emmaus, and this walk was voluntary. Uh, they had made the decision to go, and they were simply going back to an ordinary place. It was a voluntary, almost like an everyday thing, except for the other things that had happened. Uh, the walk was in home territory. Now, we may think that a seven-mile walk or a six-mile walk, however far that it was between uh, there, some scholars say as, as big as eight miles, would, would be a big deal. To, to give you a perspective, uh, if you go from here to the, uh, to the Dollar General store, that's six miles. So go another mile to about the edge of Magnolia, that's seven miles. Now, that might be an epic walk, but to them, that's pretty much that's how they traveled. It was not that big of a deal to them. And they were on a road that they traveled many, many times. Though this was not an epic road trip of sorts, this was just everyday thing to them. They knew every corner of that road, every hill, every curve, every landmark. They knew it. So this is familiar territory. This is where we are every day. This is where we are through the week. And, of course, despite the fact they were in familiar territory in that everything else was going as usual in their walk, they found themselves confused over the turn of events. Of course, you know, of course, it was the day after uh, the, the resurrection. It was that evening. And so the whole weekend had been a weekend for a, full of turmoil. They were so confused. Now, while Jesus was not taken by surprise, nor did he want his disciples, his 12, taken by surprise, as we mentioned this morning, in the weeks ahead of that, he told them over and over what was going to happen. These two individuals were not of the 12. So they may have not been privileged to have hear, heard any of the warnings about what was going to happen. So it may have just totally kneecapped them, knocked the breath out of them. Uh, and it looked like that all their hopes were gone. They found themselves confused because they said, of course, many of the women astonished us. They, they said that the, the tomb's open and he's not in there. Now, now that the word astonished is an understatement because they weren't expecting to find him in the grave and it was just totally in disarray, nothing they ever would have predicted. Then they were disappointed. Did you catch but... We expected things to turn out this way. They killed him in Jerusalem, but we expected him to be the Messiah, the one to redeem Israel. In other words, they were saying, all oh, this is over now. And they found themselves obviously disappointed. And I think all of us, even though we've not had maybe some horrible, catastrophic events like Joseph or like Philip in our lives, uh, and, and even though we may have had some sickness and grief and that sort of thing, 
We've all found ourselves confused over why things happen. Sometimes it's because things happen to us. But have you ever had something bad happen to another person? You say, I just can't imagine something like that happening to a nicer family. And so a lot of times we find ourselves confused over the events that we, we encounter. And to be honest, a lot of times we find ourselves disappointed in the way things turned out. And I've mentioned this before. Events disappoint us. Sometimes people disappoint us. We find ourselves walking on this same road with these two unnamed followers of Jesus. We're confused. We're disappointed. We're kind of going about a routine. They were going on a road they had done before, but we're scratching our heads about some things. This reason I like this passage of Scripture. In the midst of all their confusion and all their disappointment, notice what it says in verse 15. Jesus himself drew near to them. Wow, that's the turning it's quite interesting. They didn't ask for him. They weren't wandering along saying, boy, I wish Jesus would show up right now. They didn't pray about it. When they, just when things were looking bleak and all, Jesus himself drew near. And that's quite something for us to uh, think about. When Things confuse us and disappoint us. I always like to say it this way. You may want to look over your shoulder because key Jesus is catching up with you. And Jesus caught up and drew near. Now, Jesus had done this before. Jesus had shown up at places where nobody ever expected him. You remember when he was at the well in Samaria and talked to that Samaritan woman? She said, I wouldn't have expected you to be here. You remember, of course, to the horror of the disciples when he was in the boat and he headed straight for the graveyard of the Gadarenes over there where the wild-eyed, crazy man was. They didn't expect him to show up there. Well, you remember on the stormy lake when the disciples were by themselves in the boat? They wouldn't even row there. Nobody expected him to show up there. But that's Jesus' habit to show up where people least expect him. Of course, they showed up there. So here on the Emmaus Road, Jesus shows up. Now, this is something that I caught as I looked at this. This actually is a promise kept. You may not expect this passage of Scripture to be tied to this, but think about it. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 18, verse 20, he said, Wherever two or three are gathered together in my name, there am I in the midst. Now, this wasn't a church service. This wasn't an official gathering, but there were two people. Now, what did he say? Two or three. So the math turns out. What were they talking about? They were talking about Jesus. They were talking about the things about God they couldn't understand. And there were two of them together. And Jesus keeps his promise. And there were two of them together talking about spiritual things. And then Jesus shows up. See, sometimes we think about that past of Scripture just having to deal with what's going on in church or meet you at the pole or some kind of official meeting. It could be just where two or three of us are gathered together, maybe even in grief, maybe even in a hospital room, maybe at any other place, and we're confused about things, we're upset about some things, and we're talking about God and talking about Jesus and we belong to him, and there he goes and shows up. Now, Jesus use some scripture to make sense of their confusion. And that's important. That's important. 
when we deal with grief and tragedy and hardship, it's always best to look at the biblical perspective. They couldn't understand why things turned out like they did. They couldn't make any sense about the, the turn of events until Jesus shows up. Of course, they still didn't know it was Jesus. And he said, at beginning at Moses and all the prophets, he expounded them where in all the scriptures the things concerning himself. Wow. So Jesus used scriptures to make sense of things. He still does the same thing today. And then they became an illustration. You know, it's quite amazing that you're thinking that you're having to go through some, some work through some issues and you can't understand some things and you're confused and you're disappointed and all, but they became an illustration. They became an illustration of the passage that we mentioned in Matthew chapter 25, verse 34 through 40. When Jesus says, I was a stranger and you took me in and I was hungry and you gave me something to eat. And they said, we, we never saw you in these situations. So if you've done it to the least of these, you've done it to me. Well, to, to them at this time, he was still a stranger. But it says they came to where they were going, which I'm sure was their home. And Jesus would have made on like he was going to keep traveling. They said, no, the day's far spent. Why don't you come in? We'll give you a place to stay. And you can eat dinner with us. They became an illustration of showing kindness to a stranger. And literally, it was Jesus. Literally, it was him. And this is what, what is so encouraging as, as I look at this passage of Scripture. And, of course, I read a lot of different scholars and a lot of different Bible commentaries and all. We don't know who these were except one of them was Cleopas. We always think of it as being two men traveling. But one scholar said, here's a way to look at this. It could have been Cleopas and his wife. And his wife. And with Cleopas and his wife. Let Jesus come into their home. It turned the whole picture around, didn't it? Turned the whole picture around. Of course, they didn't know it at the time. But things got better when Jesus was in the house. They didn't know who he was. Now, isn't it quite something? He walked with them, and I'm not sure how it was because it happened again uh, that, that uh, one of the women tomb didn't recognize him. I don't know what his glorified body looked like. I don't know why they couldn't recognize him. But obviously, as he walked with them and talked with them, they didn't recognize him. As he expounded the scriptures to them, they didn't recognize them, although they said, man, we could feel something right in here. You won't put when they recognized him finally, and he blessed the food. Nobody could pray like Jesus. And when Jesus prayed, it was like, that's got to be him. That's got to be him. And so it says they, they knew him then. Then he vanished from their sight. I don't understand how and why all this happened, but there's another lesson. They ran back from that very hour and went all seven miles back to Jerusalem. Why did they do that? Because they had seen Jesus and they wanted to let the others know because they knew that back in Jerusalem, there was another group of heartbroken people that was just as confused as they were. And said they never saw Jesus. They just saw the tomb was empty. We've got to let them know that Jesus is alive. So they ran back as much as they could, seven miles. I'm going to say they walked pretty fast. But they went back that very hour because it was almost dark. And they went all the way back. And they burst in to the room. 
And as soon as they got in, everybody said, you'll never believe it. Jesus is alive and he's appeared to Simon. And they said, oh, yeah, yeah, okay, we got that. But let me tell you what we know. We've seen him too. And they, they told him the story about what happened where? On the road. Now, two things that we notice here. They found that it's always worth the trip to gather together with other believers. Here's why. See, when we gather together with other believers, our burdens are lessened. They're lifted. But our joys are multiplied. See, that's the math that only God can do. When we share our burdens with others, our burdens are lifted. When we share our joy with others, we just have more joy. And that's why it's important for us to gather together. You know this. You're here on Sunday night. But isn't it something? In this past of Scripture, we found ourselves in familiar territory. We find ourselves on the road of life, walking along, dealing with the issues. Then Jesus comes and clears some things up. And then, of course, we come together with each other. And when we come together with each other, we find out that they shared with each other what? Their experiences with the Lord. And when they talked about Jesus and shared some things about Jesus, guess what happened? The very next passage says, as they said these things, Jesus himself stood in the midst. Boy, he kept the promise again, didn't he? So I know he'll keep the promise as we come from week to week and as we show up and gather together in place to place, Jesus is going to show up. And Jesus is catching up. And I like this. Jesus drew near to them. We need that. Is there anything before we close? If not, let's stand be dismissed with a word of prayer. Thank you so much for coming on Sunday night. Be careful going home. If the water was close to being over the road, you go another way because you can't see the road in the dark. Don't, don't take any chances out there. Mac, would you dismiss us, please, sir?